I think it's really awesome that people from all around the world are able to connect over a shared interest, a shared passion. And a lot of it comes back to wanting to craft a new world. There's a lot of overlap between people who are into NFTs and people who are into open metaverses, right? People who want to create these new virtual worlds of the future, but where we are independent, we uh, can own things, and we're not essentially playing in a walled garden run by a large corporation. This is Art Is, a podcast for artists, where we brainstorm the future of the art world and the creative industries. Today, I'm sharing part two of my conversation with Fabio Berger, a software engineer who is very passionate and experienced in the crypto space. If you haven't listened to part one, I recommend you go back to season three, episode five, for an intro into Fabio's really exciting upcoming NFT project, Movement Generation, along with a deep dive into squats, the new horizontal team structure revolutionizing the future of collaborative work. Today, we really unpack the premise of Art Is Season 3, Artists Leveraging Tech, by touching upon NFT curation, online community building, defining DAOs with the example of the party DAO, and we end on a reflective conversation regarding the metaverse, Web3, and why technology is a net positive for emerging artists and creatives. I really enjoyed this conversation with Fabio, and as always, I learned a lot, so I hope you do too. Also, I would really appreciate it if you took a moment to reflect on who in your life might also benefit from listening to this podcast. When you do, please share Art Is, a podcast for artists, with them, so we can continue to grow the show and brainstorm the future of the art world together. One of the things that I've been focusing on for this third season of the podcast is breaking down the barriers we put up as emerging artists to understanding and exploring tech tools and the tech world. In the first half of this conversation, Fabio delved into his project Movement Generation, which is being built by an interdisciplinary squad of people, all collaborating on creating the first-ever generative music-slash-choreography video NFT. Fabio, your project is a perfect example of the meaningful work that comes out of interdisciplinary and cross-industry collaboration. Do you see any leveling of the playing field in terms of valuing different types of skill sets in our future and how we should be thinking about adopting technical skills? So, you know, not everyone needs to be technical. And I think what we're seeing is a lot of off-the-shelf tooling that that a lot of artists can use to, to get their work out there. And then for anything that is maybe more custom or not so readily available, there, there's partnering up with, with someone who has maybe those technical skills. At least for me, there's no way that I could have done this project without each one of these, these members of the squad. And that's very humbling. Obviously, I'm, I can do the technology side, but that's not enough to, to bake the cake, so to speak. And I think that these other skill sets are being valued more. And I think a, a large thing that's driving that is the, the fact that there is a market for the end product, right? There's this huge, now huge NFT art market where there's just a lot of people willing to buy NFTs, to buy digital art. And yeah, how do you make art without artists? It's hard, right? One thing like related to that, which I think is just so exciting, is this idea that no matter how niche your work is or your tastes are, now you can find something in that niche Mm -hmm. pretty Mm -hmm. easily. And before (laughs) that, you maybe wouldn't have valued your niche as much. I certainly 
didn't until the last like 18 months. Whether that's in a niche community or a niche interest or a niche topic, it's all kind of coming to the to the forefront now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's much easier to search through all the existing NFTs than the physical art. But I, I guess is search enough? I think even in the kind of traditional art world, there's also this role of curation. All of these galleries that are also curating uh, art of a specific niche. And I think the same thing is going to happen for NFTs. But now instead of just a handful of people who have a nice gallery space so in a well-known part of town, pretty much anyone in the world can start curating art. And I think we're going to start discovering some master curators or people who are really good at just curating art for, for a particular niche and are good at spotting true works of art and things that are, are innovative and inspiring and moving the, the space forward. And I'm very curious to see, see that play out and, and see where that goes. In the song curation or music curation space, all these platforms first tried to use like machine learning or programs to curate, but nothing did better than actual humans. And so I think it's going to be even more true in visual art because it's not something that is easily reduced to a formula. Interesting. And so I know that in the past you said you've been working on a lot of different projects. One of them was the Party DAO. Could you tell us a little bit about that and maybe also define like what a DAO is? Sure. So I actually haven't been working on Party DAO, but it is a project that I have been following for a long time. And I know a lot of the people who are involved there and I'm very excited about it. So Party DAO specifically as a project is a way for people to pool their funds together in order to buy an NFT. So if, if there's an, a piece of art that's very expensive, uh, but you think that you would like to own a piece of it, you can then pool your funds with others and then co-own that piece of art. So where does the DAO part come in? I guess there's kind of two places. The first is that the organization that's actually building this software is a DAO. That means it's not an incorporated company. It's a group of people that raised some money through Twitter medium post. And then they took that money and they funded uh, a team involving a product manager and some developers to actually uh, build, build out this product. So they're kind of like a software DAO, but DAO more generally is this new kind of organizational form that is really hard to define because there's so many different ways that you can structure it, but it's an organization that's blockchain native. It lives on chain and there isn't necessarily an incorporated entity that, that stands behind it, but rather it's a group of people that have come together, decided to pool funds together and use those funds to, to do something, whether it's create a software project, invest in art, etc. So I was checking out your Twitter the other day. I saw that you're quite active mm -hmm. there. And I saw a tweet that you recently posted that was, it really resonated with me, maybe in a different way than you meant it. You said, if you're working on a blockchain or NFT project, make sure to ask yourself whether what you're doing is uniquely enabled by the technology and couldn't be done without it. If the answer is yes, you're much more likely to be working on something interesting. To me, that just spoke to this crazy thing that I've been coming back to over and over again, this idea of technology being something that intimidates us because it overshadows our work or our skill or our own self-determination of where our art is heading. So how do you see this idea of technology being, of course, a creative media, but also a tool and a tool that we can learn and embrace and also use to, to move forward and also retain independence and not 
always rely on institutions to propel careers and develop creatively, professionally, that kind of thing. Yeah, the technology, it's so multifaceted, right? In some senses, it can feel like you have to use it and it's its forcing itself into whatever you're trying to create. But on the other hand, it can also be a liberatory force or something that can liberate you or, or give you more independence from at least traditional institution and kind of gatekeepers. I've definitely had uh, my ups and downs, or I guess my concerns with technology in, in my own life, but I've come to the conclusion that I'm, I'm still optimistic about it. And I think that it's possible for it to be something that can be used for a net positive impact, both in my personal life and for society. I think maybe try and take as much of the good and leave the bad, try and find the ways in which the technology can actually help amplify your existing kind of voice and what you're trying to create without having it sculpt what you're doing too much. And, and the nice thing is that we live in a world that's full of a lot of different software and a lot of different platforms and a lot of different approaches. You just have to be picky about which ones you engage with and which ones you don't. I also feel like there's something really interesting about how artists always seem to use tools for maybe not necessarily what they were intended to do. And that goes for both physical tools and also I think with technical tools. And it just makes me think about how that's just like the tip of the iceberg in terms of like technology that we can start using and embracing to accelerate creatively and professionally rather than just technology is just a marketing tool for me. I mean, you've probably heard the saying, the medium is the message. And I do believe that not that's always 100% true, but it's hard to avoid or it's hard to ignore the medium when you're spreading a particular message. I think the one thing that that makes the internet and and web3 a little bit different in that regard is that you know a lot of a lot of the stuff it's kind of being created collaboratively and 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 right now by many different people and there's on the one hand there might be in in some people's heads a very strong kind of like profit motive but i still think that there's a way to kind of leverage it for the good and for what you want it to be and and try and avoid maybe the unsavory bits I know you participate in online community around the NFT world. So what role do you think Discord and Twitter and other online platforms have in creating that kind of global conversation, that kind of community, you know, group think around NFTs and the kind of evolving crypto art space? And like, what do you find positive about that? And is there anything you think needs to change or needs to you know, be developed in the coming months? I mean, there's a whole internet subculture that has sprung up around NFTs. There's all of these NFT memes like, good morning, GM, that everyone keeps saying, and we're going to make it, WGMI. And I think it's really awesome that people from all around the world are able to connect over a shared interest, a shared passion. And a lot of it comes back to wanting to craft a new world. There's a lot of overlap between people who are into NFTs and people who are into open metaverses, right? People who want to create these new virtual worlds of the future, but where we are independent, we uh, can own things, and we're not essentially playing in a walled garden run by a large corporation. I think it's super cool to see these niche communities develop and, and find each other online. I think maybe the piece that's a little bit more unsettling is maybe this trend around people using their... NFTs as profile pictures, especially when these NFTs are now worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're essentially projecting to the world, look at how much money I have or look at, you know, 
what I own and kind of art becoming a status symbol again and becoming something that you show off. I'm not a big fan of that, that sort of a part of what I'm seeing in kind of these NFT communities. Yeah, that's really interesting. It makes me think a lot about ideas that you were sharing with me previously around the environmental impact of NFTs in comparison to maybe like the environmental impact of the traditional blue chip art market. And I think humans will always be obsessed with status symbols, whether those mm -hmm. are physical or digital. And I was wondering if you could share your thoughts with us on, you know, this upswing of digital goods and whether you think that's, you know, something that's here to stay. And if so, like, what are the downstream impacts of that. Yeah, I thought, I thought a lot about this and, and realized actually that if people are buying more digital goods, that's actually a net positive for the environment and for the world. If instead of buying a physical Gucci bag, someone's buying a digital version, that digital version didn't require any kind of natural resources to be mined out of the ground or from the world, but instead it it only required ones and ones and zeros and electricity. And so I am hopeful that actually, if buying digital goods becomes something that's as satisfying as buying something physical, that it just means a reduction in overall consumption of real world goods. Uh, and I think that could be immensely positive for the environment. Now, a lot of people obviously mention the fact that NFTs right now aren't very green and, and that they're you know, using a lot of electricity, and that's true, but that's just a function of the, the fact that right now, most of them are on the Ethereum blockchain and the Ethereum blockchain hasn't switched over yet to the new consensus process that will use a lot less electricity. So this is something that will be solved soon. I think digital fashion is going to be hugely exciting for anyone who's kind of passionate about fashion. You're no longer constrained by the mediums of, of physics in the real world. You're no longer constrained by like, okay, you know, is this, is this actually ergonomic? Can someone wear this in their day-to-day -day life? You know, their avatar can have crazy outfits and wings and whatever else. And so I think it just opens up a whole new space for fashion designers to explore in terms of clothing. I'm hoping that, yeah, digital goods go mainstream. Why not? Are you hoping to create something in the metaverse in the future? I know you were talking about digital real <laughs> estate and stuff. I'm so new to all those concepts, but I just find it really cool and exciting. I'm a sculptor, so the idea of creating sculpture in the metaverse is just is so cool. I, I mean, I'm also very excited about it. I'm also a bit apprehensive about the direction that it's going, especially with Facebook slash Meta trying to kind of own this term and push kind of like their walled garden approach. I really want to make sure that we build it right, that it's something that's co-owned by many different people and not controlled by one large corporation. So I'm very excited about metaverse projects that are working in the crypto space that have a native token that have tokenized um, parcels as NFTs, such as CryptoVoxels and uh, Decentraland. So definitely take a look at those. Um, I think there are some exciting things happening there. I tweet sometimes and you can find me at uh, FabioBurger123. That's my username. If you're interested in learning more, check out movementgeneration.io. And I think what you're doing here with this podcast is super cool. And there's so much going on in this space. Um, I'm super excited about generative art in particular, and this whole concept of being able to co-own art and making art more accessible. So definitely take a look at PartyDAO and Artblocks if you're interested in, in, in learning more about that. 
Thank you for listening to Art Is, a podcast for artists. This episode, I'd like to thank Fabio Berger for sharing his expertise and enthusiasm with us. When you have a moment, please leave Art Is, a podcast for artists, a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find us. You can support the work I do by subscribing wherever you listen and donating to the podcast. The link to do so is in the episode description. Also, I really love hearing from you, so please keep reaching out on Instagram at artistpodcast or by emailing listen at artistpodcast.com. Okay, that's it for now. Thanks so much, and see you next Wednesday.